You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. We got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. One plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non withdrawable bonus vest that expires seven days after receipt. See full terms at fanduel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Curtain up, theater people, and welcome to your program is your ticket, coming to you from the Hell's Kitchen area of Midtown Manhattan, right smack dab in the middle of Broadway. My name is Sean Chandler, and I'll be your host. Your program is your ticket is a discussion of smaller theater works and the people and organizations that make those happen. As many of you know, and some newbies may not know, in which case, let me explain it to you. Your program is your ticket is a helpful system where your program is literally your ticket to get into the theater in smaller, more intimate productions. It's these works that we like to highlight, and it's our goal on this show to feature as many of these great productions as possible while still discussing and touching on the biggies. I love theater and see as much as I can wherever I go. During the travels of the production of my husband and my play at The Flash, I've met many wonderful people from all over the world in the theater community, and it is my honor to bring them on as guests to the show. Tonight's guest will be a mega-talented actor and the artistic director of the New York City-based The Other Side of Silence, also known as Tosos. We'll refer to it as that during our conversation, just so you know. He's, it's, they're a sensational theater group dedicated to preserving the theatrical heritage of the LGBTQ community. It's the fabulous Mark Robert Finley. I'm so excited that he's here. He's, he's, he's not only such a, a major contributor to LGBTQ theater, he's a great guy as well, and a wonderful actor, too. I'll be bringing Mark on in just a few minutes, and uh, since he's the artistic director of an LGBTQ theater organization... I thought it might be nice and to be a good idea to give out some historical highlights of LGBTQ theater history. Now, it's odd because you think that LGBTQ folks would have had a strong historical presence in the theater community. But although there were traces and hints here and there of LGBTQ theaters, characters, excuse me, there weren't a lot of obvious examples, probably because of the lack of acceptance through history, lack of rights. Uh, I'm sure a big reason for that could be religion as well. But back in 1966, New York Times theater critic Stanley Kaufman wrote a very interesting article where he stated that, and this quote, 
social and theatrical convention needed to be widened so that homosexual life may be as freely dramatized as heterosexual life, may be as frankly treated in our drama as in contemporary fiction. Now, that was sort of a game changer because not two years later, uh, Mark Crowley sort of blew the doors off the hinges of LGBTQ theater with his groundbreaking play, The Boys in the Band, which is a frank depiction of a group of gay men in New York City. It ran for a thousand performances off Broadway and was made into a movie, which you can find and rent and see. And it, I, I really like this piece. It's it's a bit, well, it's, it's a snapshot of what uh, sort of a gay male life was like in New York City back then. Um, then in 1979, Bent opened in London with Sir Ian McKellen, which led to a New York transfer production with Richard Gere. I think that was his sort of his big break. Um, then came my absolute favorite play ever, Torch Song Trilogy by Harvey Firestein. I love this play. I remember I saw it in 1982 in my first trip to New York City with uh, my theater group. I, I, I was uh, 17 years old. I was in high school, not out, but I went to see this play and I was just so blown away. I actually physically tripped on the stairs and, and fell, fell. It was, <laughs> I was just so dazed. I was okay. I was able to go see the next act, but such a wonderful show. Um, it's, it ran as three separate plays originally, it's a trilogy, which is in the name, uh, at, the, at La Mama, which is an off-Broadway theater, and was an off-Broadway theater. And it moved to Broadway, as I said, in 1982. Um, such a, a great show. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that Michael Urie is coming back with a production of it uh, very, very soon out here in New York City. And, and I think he'll be terrific in it. He will be playing the lead, which is Arnold Beckoff. Uh, great show. Then came... As Is by William Hoffman and The Normal Heart by Larry Kramer. Uh, these are plays that have to do with the AIDS crisis of the 80s. And The Normal Heart, you may re remember, was recently done and as a revival here in New York City uh, and was also turned into uh, an HBO movie. So just th those are great shows as well. And then came Love, Valor, Compassion by Terrence McNally. Now, I'm sorry, everyone, but I'm going to kind of name drop a, a, a lot in this show because I don't know. I'm, I'm a gay guy and I wrote a gay play, so I, I met gay people who write gay plays and stuff. But it's by Terrence McNally, won the Pulitzer Prize, that, that particular show. Uh, my husband and I went to a, a LGBTQ writer, writers forum in L.A. when we lived in L.A. and he was there and I go up and introduce myself and of course I'm a total spaz and a total geek and you know can't maintain and he was so nice and so cool and so down to earth and asked about our play he's just he was just a cool guy if you don't believe me you can there's a picture of of me barely keeping it together and my husband and Terrence McNally on my Facebook page <laughs> um, and then there came the biggie which is Angels in America by Tony Kushner and this this play was well, it's actually two plays. Um, it's called the first play is Millennium Approaches, and the second play is Perestroika, which I looked up, and that means to thaw. And um, just these plays were just are just so profound and interesting, and a wonderful take on on the AIDS crisis and and Mormonism, and I mean just so many things. And and, and if you want to see a representation of that, they HBO did a movie version of that 
directed by my favorite director, the recently passed Mike Nichols, which makes me sad, but oh well. Uh, and then a shout out to my writer's group pal, John Marins, and his play, The Temperamentals, that came out, which recently had a, a critically lauded production in Chicago, uh, just great acclaim, and um, I'm, really, I'm really proud of him for that. And then came shows like Next Fall and The Pride. And we're so lucky to have had Off-Broadway, had Off-Broadway to open many of these shows and, and let them build audiences. Um, it's, it's just a smaller house, a little bit cheaper, where you can do, you can bring these ideas that a lot of them were probably very experimental and, and risky to producers and backers. And it was just an, an easier, cheaper way to get them um, to get them seen and then and then developed. And oftentimes they become... Broadway shows, or they they revive as Broadway shows, so we're, we're we're happy about that. Okay, now for our guest, as I had indicated earlier, today's guest is prolific actor and artistic director Mark Robert Finley. Hi, Mark, and welcome to your program. Is your ticket? Hey, Sean, how are you? Doing great. Thank you so much Good. for thank you so much for being a guest on your program. Is your ticket? It's such an honor. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for asking me. <laughs> um, I, I met Mark through seeing him at, uh, in a play that was written by Kathleen Warnock, who I believe is also part of uh, Tosos. It was yeah. called The Further Adventures of at uh, NYC Fringe last year, where At the Flash was, a, was performed as well. And then afterwards we talked to him, and he was just such a cool guy, and then we, um, we you know, hooked up, and well, 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 we met. I, you know, sometimes I say hooked up, and I, I know hooked up. <laughs> hooked up to the kids is like something that hooked up to the yeah. adults is not. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I am a happily married man. So, uh, Mark, tell us a little bit about yourself and your creative theater passion. Okay, um, let me see. I I got the theater bug as a kid very very early. Um, I have always been a writer my whole life. Um, I got into theater by. Um, you know, embarrassingly by watching TV like Brady Bunch and stuff. And whenever they were in a play, it really turned me on. And I was like, that's what I want to do. Um, so I started writing plays in high school and, and, uh, I produced and directed uh, a play in high school. Um, and then I went on to college. I went to uh, North Carolina school of the arts and, um, graduated in 87, moved to New York and have kind of felt like, um, I went to school as an actor, uh, and when I came to New York, I felt like, um, all three of the things I'm interested in writing, directing, and, um, and acting have all kind of come together mostly as a director. Um, I feel like, uh, as an act, because I'm an actor, I know how to talk to actors because I'm a writer. I, I know how to approach a script and, because I'm a writer and a director, I am. Ser- I mean, writer and an actor. I'm searching for as much control as I can get, and that's what I like about directing: being able to control the audience's vision. Oh. Okay, I <laughs> I love that you totally cop to the fact that you got turned on to plays by watching the Brady Bunch. That's great. Oh yeah, and Partridge <laughs> Family, all that mess. <laughs> I, see, I can't say I went to a brilliant production of. I'm like, no, I lived in Dallas. We didn't have brilliant productions of. It was, um, you know, the Bradys. <laughs> Marsha Brady's Juliet. <laughs> you know, I actually have, I think, the Brady's greatest hits on my iPod. 
Mm-hmm. Of course you do. But yeah, naturally. I mean, yeah. <laughs> true story. <laughs> Sunshine day and, and yeah. um, you know, uh, time to change uh, with, oh, with yeah. Peter, like, going into the um, his voice cracking. So. Yeah, yeah, pork chops and applesauce, all that. <laughs> <laughs> so you've been in pursuit of this for probably about a good 30 years, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I moved to uh, New York in 87, right after school. And I've been here ever since. Um, when I got here, I did a few tours. Um, and then I started, um, I got with a couple of grassroots, um, small theater groups and, um, started writing for them and writing for myself. And that kind of morphed into, forming uh, a, a smaller theater company and then, you know, we meet other theater companies and now I, I run my own. Well, I call it my own, but I run it with uh, three other people. But um, that's kind of my um, uh, education in um, off-off-Broadway theater and, and how to produce theater at a, at, a, at a grassroots level. Cool. Tell us about one of the plays that you've written, that your favorite play that you've written. Oh, wow, that I've written. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. I wrote a play um, several years back called Civilized. Uh, we, did a, uh, we did a reading of it recently as a fundraiser. And it's interesting. It was written in um, 2003, but it was written about 95. Mm-hmm. And um, 10 years later, I'm like, wow the world has changed so fast because there's little things like not everybody having a cell phone and, um, sending out, um, mass mailings of headshots, you know, by sitting up and attaching the the paper to the photo and stuff like that. Um, but it was, uh, it was about, um, how we kind of change our behavior to, uh, to fit relationships and, and how to, um, in a larger sense, um, how we do that to fit uh, crises going on. The, the essential relationship is there's a, a long-term couple. Um, one of them is um, HIV, gets HIV. The other one does not. And uh, the one with HIV is trying to convince his partner to go out and seek other partners because he is afraid of giving him um, that part of himself going forward. Um, so that's the, the central plot of it and um because i am who i am it's, it's essentially a, a comedy of manners so the comedy sp- spools out from there <laughs> but um yeah i mean again we live in a, a different world right now but um i was really happy to just um see that come to fruition to to really see um what I was thinking come out on stage and, and in some cases not. And, um, it was really educational for me and inspiring me. And again, this was a while ago. So it really kind of, uh, spurred me to go on. That sounds like a, a great show and, and, oh, and such a great concept. <laughs> Isn't it interesting that when you, when you're writing the show, 
you're thinking one thing, and then when it gets up on its feet, when you're doing a reading and actors are reading it, uh, things, the dynamics change. Things that you thought were going to hit, fall or fall flat, and then things that you never even thought of are, are amplified. Yeah, yeah. I think it's it's also because of that. I think it's really important as a um, as a writer to find a director that you can work with that you can trust. Mm-hmm. Because I, I think it's very it's not impossible, but I think it's very challenging to have a dual focus as the director and let you know you know what your central story is, but letting stuff like that come out and the. Um, the, the, the writer going, no, 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 I meant this. Mm-hmm. No, 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 it's about this. Because you know, oftentimes you don't know. It's just kind of your uh, your inside voice coming out, you know, and you kind of have to trust that. Oh, absolutely. It's it's a fine line that, that you walk as a writer when you're, when you're dealing with a director producing the show or directing the show and, and, and putting it up on its feed. Because you do want your vision to be conveyed but you also want to give them an opportunity to expand the work. Sure. And, and, you know, again, it's a collaborative art form. So you hopefully have good actors who can bring even more stuff to the text, you know, and, and um, fill it out in their own way and kind of put their mark on it. Oh, definitely. For sure. Yeah. While wearing your various theater hats, if you will, what messages and themes do you strive to convey to audiences through the projects you choose? Well, um, think uh i think that again we're, we're living in an, a rapidly changing world and just in the time I, you know i was listening to the um plays that you were talking about um just since then uh gay people have so much more of a visibility in in all forms of media um uh and you know it used to be that you were just like the either degenerate character or the drag queen or, or you got promoted to kooky best friend, but you know, now we're central characters and, and such. Um, what, and I think that's fantastic. What, what Tassos is striving to do is kind of tell those stories that you aren't going to see necessarily on TV or, um, um, on Broadway necessarily, but I, it's important to me to also, um, tell those stories in a life affirming way. I mean, I, I hate to use that term cause it, it's, it's so overused. It sounds a little disingenuous, but I don't want to show that story of, about the, um, the older guy who's in love with the young boy and, tragically gets his heart broken again mm-hmm. or you know the um the hooker story again you know it, it's out there i want it it doesn't but that doesn't necessarily mean i want to tell all the stories where the gay guy is the honorable guy you know right um i just i i don't want to cookie cutter who we are and and I'll always be um the perfect role model but i want to explore more of our stories. Um, when Doric and I first put the company together, there were, um, two plays that we weren't interested in doing. Uh, one was, um, AIDS plays simply because that was all that was out there. 
This is, you know, or, or turn of the century. And um, the other one is we didn't want to do the will I ever find a boyfriend play. Mm-hmm. Um, because, again, we felt like that was really represented. Um, so we're, we're constantly looking for stories that people can relate to um, in that are universal because of their specificity, if that makes sense. Oh, um, definitely. And, uh, and also just, you know, because of who Tassos is, uh, how Tassos was founded and kind of who I am as a person, I'm always really interested in stuff with a historical context because, um, I think it's really important, especially today for us as, um, people in the LGBT community to really remember, to see our place in history and, if possible to look backward and forward at the same time, I think it's really dangerous to, um, feel like things just happened, you know, because they didn't people, um, fought long and hard for the rights we have now. And, you know, especially in the times we live in, we got to remember that, you know, and, and always keep the fight going. And I think that's, kind of reflected in the stuff that we tend to choose for Tassos as well. Um, well, that's an excellent uh, direction. It really is. Uh, oh, good. I, I mean, uh, we were originally started with, um, you know, when I met Derek Wilson back in 2001, um, I, unfortunately, I didn't know who he was, and, and that's a shame. He was one of the um, – founders of the off-off-Broadway movement. And I didn't know who he was. He was one of the first gay playwrights. And um, he, we started the company because we were, of course, talking about his work, but we were also talking about Lamford Wilson and um, Robert Patrick and stuff that just these prolific, brilliant writers that don't get produced anymore. So it was our vision to bring those writers back as well as providing a home for new uh, queer writers and performers. So we kind of have a little dual purpose and try to meet in the middle as much as we can. So, so important to, to provide uh, a, a creative element for, for the, the historical works as well as like, like you said, looking backwards and looking forwards as well as the, the uh, up and coming newer writers. It's, it's just, it's terrific what you do. And I believe I was pronouncing the acronym wrong. It's, it's Tossos, not Tosos, right? Well, you know, it depends on who you talk to. (laughs) Uh, It makes sense to call it Tosos. Yeah. Uh, Doric always called it Tossos. So that's what I call it. Either way is correct. <laughs> Doric was an incredible pioneer for LGBTQ theater. Indeed. And yeah. it was his birthday on uh, uh, yesterday, on the 24th. Oh. Yeah. Happy birthday, Doric. Yeah, we're, we're continuing on for you, Doric. <laughs> <laughs> and, and quite well, I, I must say. Uh, what do you think is an important direction just theater overall is taking right now? Well, um, it's interesting. I um, was at a director's um symposium last year um with the sdc sdc i can't even talk today it was a big director's symposium um 
And it had all different kinds of directors coming to speak for a little while about what they do, about um, what they've done, and to offer advice to hungry directors like me and my kind. Um, and there were all different um, different people there. Jack O'Brien was there, um, and people that work on a regional level, people that work on tours, etc. Um, the first guy that spoke was Jack Hoffness, and he was the guy that directed the original production of The Elephant Man hmm. in New York. And he um, he was really, really – he also passed away just recently, I think just last year. Hmm. So I was happy to have gotten to hear him. But he, he made a really interesting comment. He said he, he felt like um, not just theater but the, the – uh, popular arts. Um, he said, we're all, we're kind of, he feels like we're on a march back to the sixties that right now things are, the public is looking for reassurance is looking to be told that, yes, we made the right choice. Yes. We're doing the right thing as opposed to really questioning anything really where they are. And since he kind of came up in the, uh, in the, off-off-Broadway movement of the 60s and 70s, that's, um, you know, not his background, but he sees a big return to that. And um, I'm seeing that as well, and, and it's really exciting. It's, um, if you look at stuff like Fun Home, you know, that's a, pro, that's a story that wouldn't have been told 10 years ago, approached in a very non-Broadway traditional way. If you look at something like um, The Humans, um, something presented as a, a slice of life, but if you peel that top layer back, it's not giving you a, a moral code. It's not giving you a theme. It's, it's presenting things for you to grab onto, but is one answer better than the other? That's your choice, you know? Mm. And it's, it's theater like that that was, you know, kind of rampant in the sixties and seventies that I, I'm excited to see us go back to. Cause I mean, I'm not saying that there's good theater, bad theater or good movies, bad movies. I mean, anybody who sees what on what's on my Netflix instant queue can see that. Mm. But, um, I, I think that, um, in order to, to really can keep, keep contri- contributing to, you know, an American and world literature, you have to keep asking yourself questions. You can't keep settling. And I think we're turning back to that. And I like that. I like that a lot. That's a terrific answer because it, it, to me, it deals with, with the content of what you're seeing in the writing and and the Mm -hmm. acting. Um, I've asked that question to a couple of, of my guests and, and a lot of them have said, have given me the answer that it's it's a, it's about the writing and it's about the acting, but audiences are looking for for a bigger technical experience. So it's nice oh, yeah. to hear you say that. Not yeah. not that those answers are wrong. I mean, everybody has their their own opinion, and that's there's probably a good deal of truth in that as well. Mm-hmm. So it was it was nice to to hear you talk about the writing and 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 themes and pathos and all of that. Yeah. Wonderful. Um, okay, we only have time for a couple more questions. Uh, so I'm going to ask you, what should every theatrical artist, director, writer, composer, actor 
be doing right now to be relevant and successful in the industry? Oh, well, that's, I only have a couple minutes, right? <laughs> that's, no, that's um, we, uh, we, we've got enough time. Just, oh, okay. Okay. Um, I think that, uh, the most important thing is, um, it, it's tricky because you, you really, uh, let me see. Let me think before I, I just had a lot of coffee. So my mouth is kind of going a mile a minute. You're doing great. Oh, thanks. Um, <laughs> I think in order to be relevant, you have to be true to yourself, be true to the story that you're telling and, um, how you present that. And often that's going to run counter than being successful. Mm. Um, it depends on what kind of, uh, define the term success. Are you looking for monetary success? Are you looking for, um, you know, I want to be the next Tom Cruise. Don't write that down. (laughs) Success. Um, or do you want to be successful in, uh, telling your truth? Um, I think if you are successful in telling your truth and surrounding yourself with like-minded people that are also along the same lines and um, support you in doing that, then then you will be relevant and unique and successful in your own way, no matter where you wind up in the industry. I mean, the industry is is huge, so there's lots of room. Um, uh, and I also think, I don't, um, again, I, I think it's important to, um, to remain relevant, to really kind of not forget where you came from ever and, um, let that inform where you're going. Um, does that make sense? Totally. That's a wonderful answer. Okay, good. <laughs> that, no, that's great. And we understand that the, the Tom Cruise uh, <laughs> analogy was completely hypothetical. I don't know why it came out of me. <laughs> I, I, I think that that was um, probably alluding to fame. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Thank you. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great answer. And, and what it really, to me, is saying is follow your heart and be true to that and – and and remember where you came from and and just accept the consequences for for what they are accept the rewards and the consequences right. for what they are and 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 I think that's good because that that to me feels long lasting yeah so that's that's if that's, that's what you want you know or if you if that's not what you want if you want to get as much money as you can and then retire which i think is a legitimate goal right too <laughs> You know? Yeah, no judgments. Right. No judgments. So. That's 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 your this is this is your personal feeling about it and, and I've I'm getting different answers from everyone and, and I love all of them. I think they're all okay. terrific answers. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. 
Um, can you tell us what you've been working on lately? What you've been up to? Yeah, absolutely. We've got uh, a play opening next Thursday at um, Tada at um, eighteen West Twenty Third Street. Uh, it's a play called Damaged Goods. It is a film noir for the stage. Um, the interesting thing about it is um, it's five women, and they each play men, which is, I guess, a hot thing right now all of a sudden. <laughs> um, and um, it's uh, it's kind of a, a gender-bending Valentine to film noir, and it kind of um, – goes along the film noir lines, but it's definitely in, informed by a queer sensibility. Um, and it's, it's a lot of fun. It's incredibly well-written. These ladies are fantastic actors and, um, I'm really excited about getting going with it. We did a workshop of it one night at Dixon place mm-hmm. just to see if it would work and boy, did it work. So we're lucky to fall into a co-production with, um, emerging artist theater and um, they approached us to maybe do this in a rep with one of their shows, and that's what we're doing. So, uh, yeah, right now we're <laughs> we're in that fun fun time called Tech Week. So mm-hmm. um, I got to hang up from here and go over there, which I'm you can tell how much I'm looking forward to. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's been really exciting and and uh, really great, really great for us. Uh, it's it's an odd thing when you run um, an an LGBT theater. It's it's um, relatively easy to find um, male stuff, um, and it's a little bit more challenging to find um, female stuff. So it's been great to find something that's this solid and fun and rewarding. That's um, all girls, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's cool. I'm excited about it. That's great. Did you hear that, uh, uh, all writers out there? <laughs> exactly. I, I smell an opportunity big time. <laughs> <laughs> Straight from an artistic director. Come on now. Um, go ahead and let's, before we wrap up, give our audiences all your social media information, please. Great, great. Well, uh, you can find about, out about all things Tassos at our website, which is www.tassosnyc. That's T-O-S-O-S-N-Y-C dot org. And it's got everything else there. Excellent. And that's where uh, folks can go to buy tickets for damaged goods as well, yeah, right? Yeah, you can get tickets to damaged goods there. You can also check out, we have a site called damagedgoodstheplay.com, Great. Um, which is essentially the same thing. Oh, cool. Cool. Well, that's excellent. All right. Well, thank you so much, Mark, for being my guest today. Well, thank you for asking. It's been a lot of fun. Oh, good, good. I'm I'm so glad. It's uh, you've been an absolute pleasure uh, to speak with, and I think you've imparted a lot of great information to people, and 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 some good advice there too. So, well, so. so so excellent job. <laughs> thank you. Uh, my pleasure. Uh, before I go, I'd like to give shout outs to some shows I've seen and really enjoyed. And this is a little unusual because usually I'm talking about a show here in New York City or, or, or if I take a field trip somewhere. But in this case, I'm going to talk about a benefit performance that's happening uh, here in New York City. Of It's actually a benefit concert of Tales of the City, the musical. 
this is a musical that's based upon the earlier novels of Armistead Malpin's Tales of the City, which is a series of novels that follows a quote-unquote logical or hand-selected family in San Francisco from the heydays of the 70s on up through 2014, which is when the last book came out. And we, I hope, as long as he's willing to write them. I've been a huge fan of these books. If you haven't read them, you must. Uh, brilliant work. They're even in anthologies now. It's just they're, they're they're excellent reads. And what's great is that they have these rich characters, but in every book there's always like some sort of a mystery going on that needs to be solved. So he's he's terrific. Um, and it's been written into a musical. And my estimation is that the musical is based on the first two books. And and that's just kind of being a huge fan. I'm like trying. I'm watching it, trying to clock what it's based on. And the reason why I say that. I'm, I've watched it is because uh, they had a very, very well-received run back in 2011, and my husband David and I went to San Francisco, where they had the run, and saw it. It, it was incredible. Uh, music and lyrics are written by Scissor Sisters, Jake Shears, and John Garden. Okay, here comes my, ne- my next name drop. Uh, met Jake Shears at a restaurant in... West Hollywood having breakfast with a, a friend of mine, a young playwright named Dylan Wallace. All of a sudden, his eyes get big, and he's like, I'm like, what's going on? He goes, okay, Jake Shears from Scissor Sisters is right behind you. And I was like, holy crap. Okay, so I got up, and I just was like, oh, my God, you're the best. You're wonderful. I love your music. And I actually talked to him about the the musical, and he said, well, kind of stalled. And and that's too bad because it is so good. Um, and then the book is, also, is written by Jeff Whitty, who – is an incredible, incredible book writer. He is just so clever and funny, and he's he's one of my favorites. So, um, again, it had a great, great production back in 2011 in San Francisco. It was um, inventive and super comprehensive for the ground that it covered because it was a lot. Cast members from the production that are returning are Wesley Taylor, who is a young actor who is terrific, using a lot of stuff out here, and also does a lot of... Uh, uh, I believe, web series. Yeah, I think he has his own web series. He plays the male lead character of Michael Mouse Tolliver and Betsy Wolf, who plays the character of uh, the lead character of Marianne Singleton. And I I want to say that, no, I know, she played one half of the lesbian couple in the current or recent revival of Falsettos, which was wonderful. I love that show. And Mary Birdsong, who was uber, super talented. She was in Reno 911, and she's been in a lot of uh, shows up here in New York, and she plays the quasi-sexual character of Mona. Um, This production also features transgendered actress Justin Vivian Bond playing the key role of lovable landlady and self-appointed den mother, Mrs. Madrigal. I saw Judy Kaye play this in San Francisco, and I love Judy Kaye. She was terrific in the part. But the character is transgendered. Sorry, that's a bit of a spoiler. And it's nice that a transgendered actress is playing her. Uh, All actors that we saw were excellent, and the piece is wonderful. Now, since this is a benefit, I believe it's it's to raise money to launch a production, the tickets can be pretty pricey. But if you have the money, please go and see the show. Uh, I remember after the show, my husband and I looked at each other and said, why isn't this on Broadway? And we were just, we were flabbergasted. The show is on March 27th at 7.30 p.m. at the Music Box Theater. Well, folks, the proverbial 11 o'clock number has been sung and the bows have been taken, so it's time to lower the curtain. I'd like to thank our guest, the awesome and amazing Mark Robert Finley. 
If you'd like for me to give a shout-out to the show in your area or a mention of your organization, go to my Facebook page at facebook.com backslash your program is your ticket. Give me a like and shoot me a message, and I'll be happy to give you a shout-out. Take a little time to see a show this week, folks, and don't forget to give a smaller show some love. That's why we're here. And there are a lot of those little theater gems out there that could use your support. Until our next show, good night, theater people, and curtain. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Gapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network.